Hey guys, welcome to episode 87 of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Comet number five, and my fellow host has completed his move to the blighted woodland known as North Carolina, Big Tuck. Hey y'all, how are we doing today? <laughs> oh, Big Tuck. I just, got, I just got back from the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Uh, I was moonshining uh, up in the hills. Enjoy, enjoyed that, and uh, I just got back and got my Confederate tattoo. So oh, long God. live, uh, it's, a, it's a heritage, not... Uh, negative thing. <laughs> Jesus. So uh, I feel like I've uh, I feel like I'm pretty well acclimated to uh, my new belongings here. Oh well. Well, Tuck, how's the new apartment? How's uh, Charlotte? It's good. And how it's, was the drive. Uh, the drive was awful. Um, it was not fun. The uh, I can also safely say that Nashville is a real pile of shit. Um, <laughs> terrible town, uh, just the worst, and it was not fun at all. And I wish we would have just gone straight through, but that's what happens when you go with a sixty-year-old man. Um, so it's good. I just I, I, like uh, a lot of people have very kindly asked me, like, "How's Charlotte going?" And it's like, honestly, I've been in Charlotte for maybe four hours over the last nine days because I've just been picking up <laughs> furniture, building furniture. I can tell from else. your sparse walls that it looks like. Yeah. You've been decorating. You've all, that couch I had to move up and it weighs a thousand pounds. This desk I got today, this I got the other day. So it's been, it's been nice. Um, my birthday was, my birthday was last night and we went out to a part in the south, uh, south part of town and had some, some beers and pizza. And I got to go to uh, Lower Left Brewing and Good I'm enjoying God, their it's edge. Can. It yeah. is. It's similar. It has some blue on it. It could have been Rock yeah. Creek. It was close. Uh, I am drinking on my Rock Creek, my uh, Rock Creek glass, of course. Um, is. And this is their delicious Edge of Precip uh, Precipice uh, Pale Ale. So that's been good. But yeah, it's been it's been exhausting. Um, Stout has been having some troubles and pooped on my bath mat. Uh, so that was not exciting to find in the morning. <laughs> did you step in it? No, I luckily did not. I I, oh. I got up and was like, "There's like some lint and stuff," and I was like, "That kind of looks like cat poop." And I was like, I just picked it up with a paper towel and threw it away. And I was like, "Oh, maybe it's just something from my clothes." And then I walked in the bathroom and I was washing my hands and turned around. And it's like, no, that actually looks like cat poop because it <laughs> I'm, I'm more concerned that you thought that potential cat poop was just something from your clothes. Or from lint or whatever. So it just was like, that looks weird. Um, then he peed on my clothes. That was exciting. Um, but the reason why. Sounds like he's just taking his anger out on you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, you made him drive 22 hours. He's, he's, he's not He was really good in the car, though. Like, he never meowed or anything. And I dosed him the first day. And then he peed himself. So there's been a lot of pee. <laughs> there's been a lot of pee-related mishaps with my cat. But, oh, um, wow. He's he's doing okay. So I I am very tired. Uh, I I have been acclimating to the new place and and I'm hanging in there. So how are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm doing all right. Uh, it's been a weird week for me. So I got my last COVID shot last Friday. Ooh, nice. Uh, didn't really have any symptoms. I felt a little nauseous the next morning. A little drained of energy for the first part of the day. But then honestly, I felt fine after that. My arm was a little sore. Uh, woke up monday really didn't feel great i was just like drained of energy tuesday drained of energy yesterday drained of energy it was just like the last like three days and even this morning when i woke up i don't know what it is like what's, my fitbit says i'm getting decent sleep mm -hmm. what's um, your I blood just, type do you know no idea Okay, because I have heard from people that people with more rare blood types like me, 
they have higher, they have more common symptoms than people who have yeah. like normal blood types, like O or that sort of hmm. thing. Interesting. So what That's I what heard, heard is that the vaccine, the second dose specifically, which I also got mine, but I heard that it can and has been known to have effects up to 10 days mm. after oh. you get it. So you well, may be on some I'm residuals feeling. from it. It may not hit you. Like when I got mine, it the day of nothing next morning, knocked on yeah. my ass for like six hours and then I was fine. But yeah, you, you may just be on this like slow release from getting it. Cause yeah, I've, I've heard from other people and some, some things I've read that it could be up to 10 days of like grogginess or whatever. Well, I didn't ask for the slow release vaccine. I wanted fast <laughs> acting um, uh, I also so- like it in a jello shot form. I'm also getting my vaccine, my first, so check this out. So I moved here technically like Monday or Tuesday was my first day in Charlotte in my apartment. So uh, I got, I already got signed up to get my COVID shot on Saturday, right? At a brewery, which is awesome. And I totally predicted this would be happening. Um, But then guess, guess the earliest date for me to get my driver's license. A month from now. May 18th. And guess when my driver's license expired? May 17th? No, April 14th. And then guess oh what my, my temporary guess what my temporary 2016. Guess guess what my temporary tags expire on my car that I just bought. Uh T- tomorrow for tomorrow 416. So for a calendar month I will be driving illegally, but there's nothing I can do about it. Hey, look, I'm a I professional mean, you in that. Not You'll be fine. drive for the next month. That's that's potentially an option. I guess I could just walk around, which is the point of moving here. But anyways, it's just funny yeah. to me that that's the um, life I'm currently living. But yeah, no, that that's that's really been like what my week has been, which kind of sucks. It's just been like in this weird fog of sure. like stomach aches and sometimes get migraines, feeling drained of energy. So I'm hoping if it's this 10 day thing, I'm hoping by this time next Monday, uh, I will finally be in the free and clear. Excellent. Uh, but Alas, we miss you, Big Tuck. I know. I miss you guys no, too. We'll see you. I'm very. I was very uh, much looking forward to tonight to to see your, it, your it two beautiful weird. faces. Like the, the room that you're sitting in right now with the camera looks identical to the room that you had in Kansas. The doors in the Pretty same close. spot. The windows in the Get same spot. All. The fans right insane? above you. You mean besides the besides no small, mirror like, and a couch? <laughs> yeah, Clearly, a it living is room? the same room. The same layout. It just seems like you're, you're still you're up the road. drunk. Well, I think that's a good segue to tu- thanks for tuning into the episode. And as always, with that drunk commentary from Rich Chaos Records <laughs> is Squee McGee. Also, also Squee McGee. I feel pretty good today. And just, uh, <laughs> Wait, you all had a couple beers. I wasn't big down. I, was today. I, I didn't know Squee also God. moved. Was Tuck the one that moved to North Carolina? I was, you? Damn it, I was just going to say that. <laughs> didn't let me finish. <laughs> No, it's it's a you pleasure to be stealer. here. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. It's good to see your face, Tech. Hope your hope your move went well. Hope your I'm birthday still, was good. Don't, don't worry, I'm still hairy. Good. <laughs> a wizard? Ooh, I like that. Go to hell. Yeah. With that, I'm gonna dip right back into the old bruise and builds cast. Oh, a little wizard Harry to get out of here. I'm happy to be. Well, guys, if you want to know more ways to support my ongoing. Uh, uh substance abuse because i cannot shake the wizard harry's um and all the content we create uh you should head over to level one they're our awesome sponsor uh they're the ones that hook you guys up with those amazing monthly giveaways whether it's the uh time spiral bundle from last month 
maybe next month will be a pre-con of one of C21's new decks. That could be kind of cool. Um, they're an awesome crew, definitely. If you're placing single orders, which we know you are, go order for them. If you're ordering sealed product, go order for them. Um, and just let them know that, hey, you came from the collective, so that way they know this partnership is worth their time. But of course, if you would like to help us out financially, and obviously a big one would be upgrading Tux equipment, so that way he doesn't sound like a robot. Uh, secondly, being able to get you guys on Bruise and Builds. Um, and of course, getting our 2021 swag process started. Head over to patreon.com slash cmdtower. Uh, we do have reward tiers for all the budgets. And by the way, with all of those reward tiers, if you're a new patron, we give you shout outs, which we got two new patrons Whoa. to announce today. Hello, Dustin. And yes, this is the infamous Dustin from which Oob is friends with oh, and comes up oh, here really? and decides oh. to shame beat me because I whooped his ass with Zerus the first me. time we met. And so he decided to sit down and just run a Brea train on me to prove a point. Uh, like uh, it. Yes. Uh -huh. that's I support that. And then, of course, Christopher never met you, but you spell your name with the K and I give respect to that. Do you that's respectful. Also, I am a love robot. I am here to sex you up. Oh my god. <laughs> also, I have to point out, as much as Mr. Combo hates Wizard Harry's, he's wearing a Kansas City Wizards jersey. Wizard Harry. Yeah, Wizards Harry jersey. So I just wanted you all to know that while mentally he is disdainful, physically he is on board. Mentally, he is checked out of this podcast. Physically, he's still technically here. Uh, and of course, guys, you know, for just a buck a month, you could join the Discord, get your shout out, get submitted for deck therapy that we do on MTG Action 4 News. Uh, and then we have five, 15, and $25 tiers that get you more and more CMD Tower swag, plus more and more entries into the monthly giveaways. Uh, plus, that money actually goes to, like I said, improving the cast. It doesn't just go uh, into our pockets. Which that would be kind of cool. Like, wish we could get big enough, like Command Zone, where we're just making a like a living yeah. off of producing magic It'd stuff. Be sweet, but we're not that cool. Right now, you uh, give me like fifty cents, and we're like, cool. Yeah. I'll, get, I'll go get some gum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's spearmint. I've always wanted for fifty cents. Um, I mean, maybe a piece like off the street from somebody I don't think that already has a pack pieces <laughs> but regardless if you guys can't help out from a monthly perspective but still want to pick up some of that swag please please head over to cmdtower.com slash merch we sell everything on there mats sleeves coins reminder tokens monarch tokens uh whatever you want if you even want us for a dollar to virtually give you a high five we'll do it i've heard uh, so how does I know that work I know that there's a lot of talk of like alternative revenue streams, right? And according to my, and I'm going to put some loose terms on this research, I feel like feet picks might be our next new revenue stream. Oh God, not my feet. Definitely not your feet. I might have decent looking feet. Yeah, I, I could probably get a couple bucks off of those things. I don't know. Should we create an OnlyFans, but it's for magic? This <laughs> is our binders. No, no, no. It's a new website. Only feet. Oh, nice. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> and of course, guys, we've been talking about it. We do have a referral program. So if you are part of our patron community and you get one of your friends, uh, colleagues, someone maybe from your LGS to join our patronage and wants to be a long term patron, uh, have them send us a note when they sign up of uh, who 
recommended them and we'll send you some free swag uh, for helping to grow the collective and free my basement. And of course, the free way uh, to help out is just share the content you're already watching and listening to because every little bit of interaction from the collective does help. And hey, Pink Royal, we appreciate the music. It's never gonna stop. And hey, make sure you guys stay, stay tuned till the end so you can get more details on how you can win the Strixhaven bundle from level one. And of course, big shout out to T Coats, our awesome video editor who does all the YouTube work for us and even drove up from good old Oklahoma <laughs> to James some games with the Big Tuck uh, before he left the town. I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> So Bruise of Builds is our deck tech series. Since we conquered the path to 32, we have moved on to the endless themes that EDH can bring us. Each month will be a new theme and we correlate how these decks are constructed similar to how beer is brewed. So we broke it down into four different categories. The first one's ramp and setting your board state. That's grain. And grains are the foundation of every beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, usually about a 60 to 40 ratio. This helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of the beer. Decks always need ways to grow, to grow, stabilize, and ramp in your bigger threats. And just like a grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. The next is how does your board interact with the rest of the board? We call that hops. And hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like IPAs. Our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can ultimately do what it wants. And then we have how does your deck actually close out and win, which I'm very curious with this deck because I don't really <laughs> see it. Uh, we call that yeast. Uh, yeast are microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds the alcohol content and the carbonation. Without yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water. And without yeast cards, your deck would meet the goal of actually winning the game. And then we have shenanigans. These can be pet cards, alter the broods, the deck needs one, that are just kind of fun. Ooh, we call that nice. spice. And not every beer has them, but spices and other additives help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into a jalapeno stout or the addition of hops that turn IPA into a double IPA. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, this is where we generally talk about it. And then to cap off the episode, we have Redundancy, which is a bottle capping. These are big, big tucks and eyes, cuts and adds to the deck that are gonna be under $5, under 50 bucks, and a no budget recommendation. We just can't talk about those mana only lands. So without Oof. further ado, let's get brewing. We are continuing Death and Taxes Month. Yes, we took a break last week while Big Tuck traveled and you got a lost episode, but now you get a episode episode uh, <laughs> with Moldrotha's Buggy Yard. Lot, lot, just lots of little insects in, in, in her yard. Just just plucking them out. Just, oh, get, get, get little bits. Just little guys. Um, sure. <laughs> I understand Muldrotha and Tuck, why don't you talk about her? But since this is your deck, read the commander and what? 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 What is going on right now? I'm so confused by this deck. It did just you seems hit, like how did DC you change stuff? Cambra. Did you hit? Did you have to just have a stroke? Did you wait? Are we back? Are we live? What are you talking about? I've been here. Uh, well, anyways, we're all losing our minds. We all have space dementia. Um, we'll draw through the Grave Tide is a legendary creature elemental avatar. That's a 6-6. Six, six. It's a mythic rare, uh, and it costs three colorless, and that is Soul Tie, which is black, green, and blue. Uh, its text reads, during each of your turns, you may play a land and cast a permanent spell of each permanent type from your graveyard. And according to the random ge number generator, we have, oh, damn it, this one again? This is the one I did last time. Um, oh, tell you, it man, your the, random the generator is suspect. The, the, the Sorcerer Supreme always says, my child grew from rotten ruin 
Yes, she bloomed, uh, which is from Multani. But I didn't have to do that. I didn't have to do a new bit because that's on Mr. Combo's side. So yeah, so I built this kind of on a lark. Um, Sultai never really had any sort of color combination and still really doesn't. That really has jumped out to me. I understand I have Z uh, Zaraxa or whatever that deck is. The the Zaxara. Uh, Zaxara, thank you. Um, my brain is not working functionally. So I, this one just seemed like it'd be really fun. Um, being able to play your command, being able to play your graveyard is like your second library or in a lot of times your primary library seemed like it had a lot of cool applications. Uh, I decided to do something a little different and I only have permanence in this deck except for one spell. Everyone probably knows what it is. Um, it's definitely in here. And uh, the reason why I put this into death and taxes is A, I didn't have another deck that came close. B, I didn't know when I could ever shoehorn this into any other theme that we had scheduled for the rest of the year. Uh, and C, there is, there is this line of play that I've had on it several times where the death part happens. There's a lot of creatures dying. There's a lot of targeted removal. Um, and there's also a lot of counter magic and that sort of thing. So when I played this traditionally, I kind of played like the control player in the early game of generating value and kind of dictating the flow of how things going. So you kind of tax the other people. Uh, it's also kind of like a group slug sort of thing. But as alluded to, a lot of times when I played it, it just kind of becomes like Snowpiercer. It's just this endless chain of value that like is completely dictating the game, but never really like can circle around in on itself. So I'm really hoping to, with the help of Mr. Combo, to find one or two ways to kind of help uh, be able to seal games out a little bit more efficiently. But yeah, there is one, there is there is one loop in the deck that I've gotten to do several times, which is awesome. Yeah, but when you use the one non-permanent card to get that loop out, you still have to wait a rotation before activating it. So no, you don't. I mean, as long as you have the Greaves. Yeah, if the Greaves are in the deck, or in my hand, or on the battlefield, then we're good. <laughs> so yeah. it, usually, it usually is a pretty good shot. Oh, gosh. Um, well, and it actually doesn't even work if it's in your hand, because you only get to put the stuff out from your library. True. So you'd, yeah. still have to ha you'd have to have two additional to cast a boat. Now we're getting down a rabbit hole. Yes, we are. Uh, so yeah, you have a very fringe way to win, and outside of that, I just think you win by beat face. Um, Pretty much, yeah. Sure. Like, it, you just kind of deprive everyone of resources, and then, like, the big-ass creatures that you get back and can reanimate over and over again uh, kind of help through that. So yeah, that's that's kind of been the that's kind of been the and even while going to your point while going through the list and like if we look at it I have thirty one grain twenty six hop nine yeast and three spice so it's definitely a little front loaded there yeah um, so it's 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 definitely Sultai value and, yes, and I definitely. see that and I think this would be fine if you were the type of person that's like oh, I don't really care if a game ends I'm just here to, to do the thing this seems like a godfather type deck to where he ideally his perfect game of magic is lots of interaction for five hours mm -hmm. straight yeah, uh, yeah, he, yeah he would be perfectly fine doing that uh, Tuck I know you're not built that way so hopefully some of the recommendations I give you will at least give you better lines of play to mm. um, or give you a little bit more fun from that control aspect so, yeah yeah uh from a mana perspective your mana is not perfect thirds which is shocking i know um, right but you are a little off need a little bit more green a um, little less black mana uh maybe that's because you got some double triple pips in here that i'm not aware of i just never i mean i never even looked at the mana curve on this like i haven't got okay. around to it but i think the easy solution there now that there's all the pathways and all the shadow lands you can just swap those out for some blacks and some blues and i think that'll solve itself pretty well 
um, which yeah, is exciting. Which is exciting. Uh, which is like exciting now to be like there's budget, fairly budget land options that you can get into three and four colors. Well, here, Tuck, for um, your birthday, you you pick a pathway and I'll, I'll send you one. Oh, thanks. And your average CMC is two nine four. Not bad. Not I bad was, at all. Makes I was, sense for a Moldrotha deck. I was shocked. <laughs> it was under three. And I couldn't believe it. Your average price for the deck's about three hundred bucks, give mm. or take. Uh, Card Kingdom's up to four hundred. So, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think there's much more to say about the deck. Uh, it's it's just kind of interesting whenever people do the win con decks. It's usually mostly permanents. Like I do the same thing in my god deck. Yeah. Uh, but kind of like your backups to that. And once you do that, how do you succeed? We'll get there. So yeah. let's get into the deck. And Big Tuck, start us off. What's your first grain card you think is a must have so, for Muldrotha? I think this card is criminally underplayed and it's super budget. It's also a snake. But this is probably the best again with the permanent uh, with the permanent clause. This is one of one of, if not the best card in the deck to get it going and once you can get it out. So my old pal Gravebreaker Lamia. Uh, really gets you there. So four colors and a black. It's an enchantment creature. Doesn't matter. Snake Lamia. Um, that's a rare that, from that does matter. The Lamia bit, Lamia tribal. <laughs> I think they're all from Theros. Uh, it's from whatever the recent Theros block is. I don't. I couldn't possibly remember. Theros beyond death. Thank you. Um, and it's a four four with lifelink. When it enters the battlefield, search library for a card, put it into your graveyard, then shuffle your library. Spells you cast from the graveyard cost one less to cast. So, so pretty much gets you any card in the deck that you can cast with Moltrothal. That is one of. One of the things that is a struggle in this deck is this is definitely one that's built top down. Um, and there's a few ways that you can interact with your graveyard when you don't have Muldrotha out, but she's really critical to the game. And this being able to tutor for a card, be a good blocker, gain you some life, as well as make things even cheaper to cast from the graveyard will let you hit all those all those permanent types much more consistently. Yeah, it's, it's a great card. Anytime you are doing a graveyard deck and you can have an ETB tutor to the yard, yeah. it's really, really nice. Um, and especially that cost reduction is great as well. Um, and I've always felt safer being able to play things from the graveyard than from hand for some reason. Because mm -hmm. uh, there's ways that you can kind of cheat from yard to battlefield uh, correct. Yeah. Uh, without actually casting, which is pretty great, especially when you're playing blue control players. Yeah. So I, I <laughs> think Great Baker Lamia can do a lot of different things. Yes, it helps with Modrotha reducing cast, but you basically get like a card that you have in your yeast section, but instead of the hand, it's the graveyard on ETB. And so, in theory, Gravebaker dies, cast it again with Muldrotha, you get to do it again, and now it's almost toolboxy on exactly. what you need, so it's a very modal card. So I think it, I think it hits a lot of different levels yeah. for you. All right. Agreed. Uh, my first one is uh, boring, but it outside of competitive tables, Muldrotha is probably one of the few decks I think it's worth running in because its cumulative upkeep can be pretty backbreaking mm -hmm. and its effect is good. It's just not that great at casual tables if you don't have it turn one. Mystic Remora. The yeah, fish. it's unreal. Feed yeah, the, the fish. fish. Uh, it's a single blue enchantment, cumulative upkeep one. So for any new Magic players out there or people that haven't seen this effect since playing Magic, cumulative upkeep, basically you play Mystic Remora, it stays one turn full cycle, nothing happens. Your next upkeep, you have to pay a colorless. And we always put like a reminder counter on the card. 
next turn so this would be the second upkeep now you got to pay two mana basically every one of your upkeeps that mr grimoire is there you have to keep paying the cumulative upkeep if you ever choose to not pay it then you just sacrifice the permanent so before i kind of talk about why that's cool with mildrotha whenever target opponent successfully casts a non-creature spell which is what i was kind of talking about if it's not super early or competitive tables you may not get the value you need you right. may draw a card that player may pay four, which will never happen, yep. to counter this effect. So basically, I really look at Mr. Grimora, especially with Muldrotha out, you may pay the cumulative upkeep once, maybe twice, but then you're gonna let it go to the graveyard. Because yep. then you're gonna cast Muldrotha and just pay it for a single blue, and then your next upkeep, you're gonna let it sacrifice, and then you're gonna play it again for a exactly. single blue. So, so then you're literally only ever paying a single blue to do it. Um, well, actually, I guess you would play her from the yard, Next, you would actually pay the colorless upkeep because you're going to pay one no matter what. Right, right, right. Then, the, so anytime you'd pay more than one on the upkeep, you'd sack it. Um, and Moldrotha just gives you that ton of value. It's a $10 card because it's played in every yeah, all over the deck place. out there. Uh, but when you're talking casual circles, it's kind of like Soul Ring. If you don't get it turn one, maybe turn two, it loses a lot of its luster. Exactly. Because what's the point of paying cumulative upkeep that late in the game? But with Moldrotha, you kind of get around that. I completely agree. And like, I remember when this card, I wish I would have listened when I was first playing the game when I moved back to Chicago. Here we About go. A billion of them. Cheers. Yeah. Yeah. They're 57. People are like, don't sleep on this card. This is going to go up, and here we are. So, yeah, I think I agree, and I think for the most part, uh, Remora is a good card. I don't think it's worth the money a lot of the times because, again, like you said, if you if you top deck at late game, it doesn't do anything, um, or, you know, you want to get the value early, whereas here you can, you can kind of get the most Beth world. So this and one I'll be talking about in the hop section really, really shine in this deck. Cool. Hey, Tech, what's your uh, next grain? Uh, I am talking about something that you have been interested in through periods of your life, but this one is not like a Rolex, but more like a Casio because it goes on and on and on because it's a perpetual timepiece. Oh, oh, you like you like that? Um, so a perpetual timepiece is a artifact. It's an uncommon from Kaladesh. It's two colorless. Tap to put the top two cards of your library in your graveyard. I think that's been rad to say mill two. Two colorless exile perpetual timepiece. Shuffle any number of target cards from your graveyard into your library. And there is some flavor text here. So we are <laughs> Sorcerer Supreme. So <laughs> it was one off. Do not be so caught up, motherfucker, and keeping track of time that you forget to make use of it, motherfucker. So, uh, old Samuel L. Jackson. I also don't know how thick these walls are, so I'm trying really hard not to scream. Um, <laughs> I, I think you should test the boundaries today. Let, like, 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 let's met, find out. Let's find out if the neighbors wall. even know. The neighbor on this, on the other side of this wall, is extremely attractive. So I'm trying to like. I'm trying to be your, nice. Your voice got quieter as you said that. Well, it's like she could be listening right now. She's got the glass <laughs> up to the thing. Who's this handsome bearded man? So anyways, um, th this card has a lot of utility for a two drop. Um, obviously, being able to mill yourself is kind of a sub theme in this deck just to fill up your graveyard, just like your secondary hand. But there are a handful of cards in here where if you get hit with like a bajuka bog or, mm -hmm. you know, you're trying to target something and they're trying to blow up, you're trying to exile your graveyard, this deck can just get completely hooked. So I don't like yeah. to have a million of them in there, but having some cheap redundancy um, yeah. 
makes it kind of easy to be able to do that. So being able to pop this off for two mana makes it pretty makes it pretty slick. And uh, I also have a uh, this I have another drink coming in here because this was given this idea was given to me by a friend in Fort Collins. Alley oop. <laughs> Ooh, strong drink, strong drink. <laughs> so yeah, so that's yeah, what I got. It, it it's a great card, uh, especially for Moldrotha, because I mean, if you're doing the all permanent thing yep. and you're really building your deck, like having to utilize Moldrotha, this card basically says tap, draw two cards. Exactly. It's yep. just they're going to be in your graveyard instead of your hand. So yeah, I'm good with that and. I think, once again, this is a great modal card because when people are like, oh, he's doing Moldrotha, let me save my Bajuka Bog mm -hmm. until he has 20 cards in his graveyard. And I know he is one of his combo pieces are there. Let me Bajuka Bog it. Ah, with that on the stack, let me pay to exile the timepiece, shuffle the cards that I want or maybe everything for my graveyard back to my library. Exactly. So it protects you, draws you cards essentially, and for 50 cents, you can't go wrong. Exactly. So I've I've used it and I endorse it. All right. Well, the next one I'm going to talk about is the OG Planeswalker. Before Planeswalkers were Planeswalkers, this oh, card was yes. a Planeswalker. It's so good. Uh, we're talking good old Deathrite Shaman. Shaman. Uh, Shaman, <laughs> if you spoke normal. Uh, so this card costs Golgari to cast. Uh, sorry, Golgari Hybrid. So you mm. can either pay black or green. Creature Elf Shaman, rare. It's a 1-2 for close to 9 bucks. <laughs> and uh, this card does it's a shadow a lot. A lot of effects. Um, and basically, it has these three, and it's a 1-2. Um, the one that I like the most for the grain section is tap, exile target land from a graveyard, add one mana of any yes. So you basically play this like a Birds of Paradise, and as people early game are doing their polluted deltas, mm. their other fetch lands, there we go. Let let me get some mana and start doing some things. But it doesn't stop there. Black. It's so good. <laughs> Exile target instant or sorcery card from a graveyard. Each opponent loses two life. Green and tap. Exile target creature card from a graveyard. You gain two life. And yes, you can do that. When someone's Kozilek, uh Butcher of Truth goes to the yard, shuffle effect on the stack. Let me exile it, and that way it doesn't get shuffled back into the library. This card's bananas. Um, I, I hate that it's $9 almost, but I yeah. actually understand why it's $9 almost. This card is one of the few cards that it's like, oh, okay, that completely makes sense on why this good utility card is so much because it could be played in Commander. I think it gets played in what, Legacy? Mm -hmm. Oh, all day. I think, it's banned, it's, I think banned it's banned in Modern. It's banned in Modern, yeah. And yeah. if I if I had this this card is even better with this because if you do hit your mills and you're starting to bend your lands or there's a lot of lands I have that are kind of like one time use that then go in there so I think this uh -huh. is I think this deck and this build really really benefits from having as much fetches and that sort of thing as possible now that I own more of them I might be able to like get some proxies or whatever they're referred to as anymore but just being able test to cards, sir. thank you Play thank test. you very much. Um, just being able to have that utility on him is insane. Like it, it is wild that this card only costs one mana for such a huge upswing of it. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely you know throw in fabled passages yep. in, into the deck. Uh, what's the other one um, from Modern Horizons? Prismatic oh, Vista. Prismatic Vista. 
Um, so, you know, there there's more than like what I'm looking at. And obviously there's like OG fetch lanes, which you have yeah. a couple. Um, but yeah, I mean, like once again, like we've kind of talked about with our play group and definitely communicate with your guys' play group. But if anyone gets upset, tell them CMD Tower said to suck it. Fast. Uh, definitely, like magic prices are expensive. You can't afford to have a even a fabled passage. I think that's like what a fifteen dollar card. Uh, it's 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 uh, like an eight, so it's not eight. as bad, but it's going up. And but, like, and to your point, Prismatic Vista is thirty dollars. There we go. Prismatic. I knew one of them yeah, was, like it was super expensive. expensive. Yeah. So Prismatic Vista being a $30 card, there's no reason that you need to own 40 copies to run it in all of your decks. Yeah. Like, yeah, don't be a degenerate and just buy like one expensive card and proxy it into a hundred things. But if you have decks that need it, like Tux, I would not be upset if he did play test in cards that uh, or uh, some of these fetch land type things into this deck because I know this deck actually could use them and exactly. like leverage it, opposed to him just being like, oh, I just wanted to run fast mana. Yeah, exactly. Just like, I just oh, need okay. I just need this deck to run off. All right, Tuck. What is your last grain? So this was another one that got printed, and as soon as I saw it got printed, I knew that this was the deck for it. So it's another elf druid card, and uh oh. Uh -oh. I don't, here's the bad news. I threw away the rattler. The rattler? The thing with the... Oh, it's good. gone. Um, but this guy also is enjoying the season that we are currently in right now. And, and on we do. Three. Three, two, one. Spring Blue Druid! Two colors in the green for an elf wizard is one one. I gotta be honest, I don't like subdued tech. We got to work on this. It's just one now. I'm just, I'm just feeling it out. I'm also very tired. How about this, Tuck? You read what the card is and does, and I will take over the voice. Ooh, I like that soul. I, if that's, if that's the, if that's the bargain on every single match, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here for it. So Springly Druid is two colors and a green for one one creature Elf Druid. It's a common for about twenty two cents. When it enters the battlefield, you may sack a land. If you do, search your library for up to two basic land cards, put them on the battlefield tapped, and then shuffle your library. Effectively, Harrow. Uh, and the one that this gets... Ooh, a high number. We don't see those too often. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is going to be read by Tavalos Acolyte of Cordless, also known as Canoe Reeves. <laughs> New growth applies a healing poultress to wounds long scabbed over nice dig it love it so yeah I, I i picked this card purely because it's an etb yep which you know i kind of do that sub theme with my carador deck mm -hmm. whenever you're trying to play things from the yard i think etb is like the instant value you want correct like exactly. sure getting like an eight eight for five is cool with trample and haste and whatever but i would rather pay three get this i get the, i get the etb multiple times per game as long as i'm able to get it back to the graveyard right when it etbs i get to sack a land which that's another thing to my graveyard right. and then go get two <laughs> exactly. basics from my library which thins my deck and i could just rinse and repeat this so um i love it on a lot of levels something that just kind of came to head that they usually don't ever say but at least it just says a land and not sacrifice Correct. a non-basic yeah. land that would kind of suck like hey trade your non-basic for a couple basics right um but yeah this thing i would have to imagine is a 
I'm not going to say it's a powerhouse where it warps the game, but I imagine this speeds your deck along yeah, a lot. Oh, quicker. super fast. And having the creature type around just a sack for value. I think there's a build. Well, and I don't want to get into it. I'll talk about that because I think there's like three different kind of builds that I can morph this into. Um, but we'll talk about that just down the road. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up our grain section. Now we're going to head over to the hop profile. Hop. And I will start it's got this the off. Hops with uh and, and you know tuck does this to me guys he baits me he puts cards in here that he knows i can't resist talking about uh and of course <laughs> ashiok <Dream Render laughs> is one of those cards <laughs> so this is a colorless yeah, hybrid demir hybrid demir which means you can pay any combination of blue or black twice Legendary Planeswalker Ashiok from War of the Spark. It's an uncommon still sitting at a dollar fifty. So stupid. I can't believe this it's hasn't gone up so in price. Stupid. Yeah, because uh, all the uncommon <sighs> or multiple of the uncommon Planeswalkers from War, I actually think are better than the rares and mythics. Oh, there's no, there's no question. hundred percent. Yeah. And so it comes in with five loyalty. It has. I'm going to read the activated ability first, and okay. then I'm going to do it's because actually I think its static effect is better oh, for this yeah, deck. Definitely. So it's minus one, though, is good. It's a minus one Planeswalker, no uptick. Target player puts the top four cards of their library into their graveyard, which Tuck obviously picks himself. Mm -hmm. But then each uh, opponent exiles their graveyard, which is busted and dumb. <laughs> it's so stupid. Let, let me Bajuka Bog essentially five times if I want throughout the game. <laughs> but the reason this card is Banana Hammock and why I love it in a Moldrotha deck it has a static effect of spells and abilities your opponent's control can't cause their controller to search their library. You want it to do a fetch land, you want it to do Kadama's Reach, you want it to Demonic Tutor, nope, you can't do any of it. Exactly. So Ashiok is always a card that people will kill. They're going to lightning bolt it, they're yep. going to attack it, they're going to get rid of it as soon as they can because it's kind of like the whole argument with opposition agent. It's not fun if you don't let me tutor. <laughs> like, whatever, get out of here. Um, but with Moldrotha and Ashiok CMC, it's like, okay, you killed it. I'll play it again for three. Here we go. I'll play it again for three. So, like, so there there are Moldrotha Super Friends builds out there because of the fact that I can repurpose them as often as I need to. And I think these uncommon ones are real bright spots for Moldrotha yes. because normally you get it down to like, in this case, it goes down by one. It starts at five. You'd probably get it down to like three or two and then stop because it's like, ah, I don't want to get it too close where just a single damage can kill it. Here, Tuck, I would guess you probably don't even care. No. I could even see you, it's at one, you minus it, kill it, do your thing, and then play it again, exactly. and do it again. <laughs> yes. And you just essentially that turn paid three mana to put eight cards in your graveyard. Like that's, even if you your second exile for your opponents doesn't do anything, that is still amazing. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Um, and there's, so the last time I can remember playing this, and this has happened many times, I become the arch enemy, and I was playing with Mikhail, and I played this card, and he was like, okay, you have to die now. This one card, and I didn't even cast my commander, and he turned the entire table against me. So, uh, yeah, you made mention, uh, I think that there's a sweet spot in this deck of like three mana of having, like if you can find most things that are in three mana, that'll let you do multiple things a turn, turn after you have um, Muldrotha come in. And Ashiok is just stupid for the value that it gets out. Completely agree. All right, Tuck, what's your first hops card? Uh, so this one, we're going to go on a bit of a safari. 
Yes. Maybe through some sort of grass. Yes. And it may sound like... (gasps) Oh, I don't think we're on the same car. That more sounds like your sound in the bathroom. I didn't realize that Tuck bathroom bathroom break uh, was a magic car. How dare dare you? (laughs) Three, two, one. Elephant grass. Are we keep? Are we? Is the bargain still on? Dormammu, mm. I have a bargain for you. So good. Um, so elephant grass is a one drop. It's one green mana for a, a enchantment from Visions. I think it's an uncommon. Uh, no, wait. It's actually part of the reserved list. So if you want your own piece of magic history, it costs you two dollars and fifty seven cents. Cumulative upkeep of one, as discussed. Same rig and roll as uh, yep. Mister Remora. Black creatures cannot attack you. Non-black creatures cannot attack you unless their controller pays an additional two for each attacking creature. And this is a new and, uh, this, this is, is a, new, is voice. a new voice for Kasib Ibn Naji letters. <laughs> oh wait, wait, hold on, hold on, wait, time out. One second, you might be off the hook here. It says letter. I, I guess that is a person. Yeah. Okay, you're not. You're back on the hook. I'm back on the hook. All right. So the voice for this, um, I'm going to go the young elephant from Jungle Book. I don't know. I have no idea what this was. How have I angered nature that she would imprison me in the labyrinth of grass? <laughs> I, like that. I, 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 I like that. I like that. I like that. I like that quite a bit. If I'm you you will honest. have to explain that going forwards because I will forget that. Yeah, I have no clue what that. Yeah, I'm, it's like it's like the little baby elephant from Jungle Book. He had like the red hair. Was friends with Mowgli. Wait, is this from he, the? Is this from the whiny high pitch voice? Is this from the John Favreau remake? Or no, is this no, from no, the original? This is from like the okay. 1950s. The, the Disney one, yes. Um, yeah, but this so this yeah, he's is, always like scared of stuff. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so this is another card that like is practically unplayable in a lot of decks. I would say all, but this and this card it really shines. So I don't run uh, the best blue card ever printed, propaganda, um, or any of those other sort of effects because this card is so good. This is a, mm-hmm. this is like a snap grab for the Great Breaker Lamia. It buys you so much time, and again. This is a card that you can keep in your opener and know that you're going to have value throughout the entire game using it. And as opposed to just like waiting for the right moment. So the thing I like the most about this card, like we've talked about the cumulative upkeep uh, advantage with Moldrotha, so we'll just leave that there. Sure. But the black creatures cannot attack you, I think is super relevant. I don't think it's going to help you against like token strategies because there's not many like token strategies that deal with black Zombies, I wouldn't even say is something that's really a token strategy. You just get incidental zombie tokens. Exactly. But so many very powerful cards either have are mono black or have black color uh, CMC, not necessarily color identity uh, because those are two different things. And so I think this is going to save you actually more often than not from a lot of stuff just incidentally. Mm -hmm. Like, well, I guess i can't i don't know um swing a tracks at you i just wanted to get my lifelink and a little bit of damage in but like crap yeah can't get black in it i can't do anything um so yeah i think this card 
Once again, like Mystic Remora, actually a little bit worse than Mystic Remora. Mystic Remora at least has a home in CEDH. Yeah. I don't think Elephant Grass has a home in anything outside of Moldrotha, no. just being honest. Maybe an Enchantress deck, just because it's a cheap enchantress, yeah. uh, enchantment. And I run Mystic Remora in my Enchantress deck, so like maybe that's a thing. Like, ah, I'll just throw it in. Worst case, I paid a green, wasted a card slot, but it drew me maybe like three cards. I got a right. couple triggers, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, an Moldrotha deck, woof. Oh, it's, it's one of the best cards in the deck, for sure. All right. Well, my last one, because we shared that, it's Golgari. It has quite the deed that is pernicious. Oh, pernicious so, deed so, is so, so good. busted in this deck. So colorless Golgari, black green. It's a mythic. It's an enchantment at like $5.50. Pay X colorless. So pay whatever you want. Sacrifice pernicious deed as well. Destroy each artifact, creature, and enchantment with converted mana cost X or less. It's, un so it's a lot of times at towards end of games could go X for five or less. Board wipe the board. Moldrotha stays. Let me pay three to get the pernicious deed back out. I'm ready to go next turn. And you basically have a certain stone-like effect that some people do the rigmarole with. Um, you kind of get <laughs> yes. that where you get the constant board wipe or the Neverall's disc with the uh, Darksteel Forge. Like, oh, yeah. I got an indestructible Nev's disc. I'm just gonna do this forever. Um, it definitely gives you that control aspect, but it, it's nice because it does give you flexibility to, you know what? There's really nothing out here that I, I, I have, or I have mana I'd like to put into other things or bring the deed back out, but there's a lot of tokens. Let me just pay zero, stack it. Get rid of all the tokens and then i'll play it again for three and maybe now i i don't know maybe those death triggers got people's stuff and now i do it again gives you a lot of flexibility i i completely agree I, and that's i think like that's i like this card it's one of my favorite board wipes especially on an enchantment um but that's that's again goes back to okay i played my pernicious deed i have the rattlesnake but now i'm getting beat up on tokens i'm getting beat up on drakes i'm getting that sort of thing do I want to crack it now or do I want to wait for something that I can't deal with? And that's what I think that like you hit on, you hit the nail on the head of that's like the stacks aspect of this. It's less stacks of like making the game more difficult from like a cost perspective and more of a stacks of like this, this deck dictates the, the flow of the game. It dictates how fast it goes and dictates how, how slow it goes. And again, that three spot, that three mana spot makes this so easy to crack over and over and over again. Again, like another and tech. I'm sorry. I have to dis I disappointed you. There is flavor text was, from Freilies herself. Do we have a voice? We do Freilies? not. We do not have a Freilies yet. So you're, you're oh, doing you're, you got another you got another one ready to go. Let's see. I feel like Freilies. Hmm. I would think. Have you ever seen the movie Atomic Blonde? No. Okay. Um. No. I'm actually thinking like Elizabeth Swan from Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay, all right. I'm here for yeah. it. Yeah. Because like I'm picturing her Planeswalker card, not so much this art, but her Planeswalker card, she kind of looks like a pirate. Yeah, she's got the eye patch. Eventually yeah. yeah, she eventually becomes a pirate. All right. Mm, gosh. Yawgmoth. Freyalise whispered as she set the bomb. Now you will pay for your treachery. 
Oh yeah. Uh, I can't. I can't really do a British voice. I mean, I could put an Australian spin uh, that, on that it. Was that was decent. That was okay. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like That's I wasn't right. like I was in the room with Keira Knightley, but you know, I, I was like maybe like in the same apartment complex, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, you're also like. <laughs> I, I need the visual of Kira Knightley. It's just it's not the same thing, but but not bad, not bad. She's no, I was upset. There's she got nude in that movie Domino. That movie sucks, and that was also disappointing. So not a great day for Sam fair. Tucker in, high, in college. Well, you know. All right, Tuck. Well, I think you got two cards. I got two about. Uh, what do you got? So they're both. Uh, they are both enchantments. And one of them fits in the perfect three slot, as always. Uh, Lunar Force, two colorless and a blue for an enchantment. Uh, it's from uh, Eldritch Moon. It costs 11 cents. When an opponent casts a spell, sacrifice Lunar Force and counter that spell. Uh, and this will be read by... Bah, 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 bah. God damn it. Are you serious? This RNG is... Nightly. No. Uh, I'm telling you, we, we got to get you a new number generator. Yeah, I gotta, so, I'm going to get, all, I'm gonna get one, one on my phone. Is, it's, it's uh, Moonlight offers sublime warmth that brings me a comfort, motherfucker. Sunlight cannot provide. <laughs> so there's Samuel Jackson, but I can't. I have to. You have to scream it. So. Uh, well, I know, but yeah, you're worried about the lady upstairs. Next door. Next door. Sorry, next door. So uh, this card is for the mana that puts into it. I've seen this is something that's made this like sub game of. You don't like it. <laughs> out of here oh you're crazy it's so much fun uh like it baits people into it again it's something that you can play early i've seen this cast and people don't do anything for like two turns in a row um that's my cat by the way he's he's starting to like the couch which is better than inside and underneath the bed what's up bubs so i i have liked this spell it has got me tons of value before um it is kind of fringe because someone could just cast a elf or uh whatever you know a mana rock later in the game and eat it but for me because i can't run traditional counters this has done a lot of work for me i hear you i respect <laughs> I you, you but i'm cutting this card and i'll talk about why later okay. but i think on a surface level it, it is a mini game it is that is something you enjoy yes. I, I don't think i saw a monarch card in the deck which was shocking no i don't I can't even think of what I would put in. I mean, the the black court wouldn't be terrible. That's not a bad idea. Oh, the whole all the courts. <gasps> Whoa! So, um, you know, I, I, it's not my kind of game. I'm not into the yeah. mini game within a game, unless we're trying to do a mini game like playing chase <laughs> or kingdom yeah. or something like that. Um, so it, it's all right, but I have a better game winning type of card okay. that I'll replace it with. And again, like I have other effects that do this thing very similar. Sure. All right, Tuck, what is going to be your last card? So this is another one that when it got, I, uh, well, the deck came out after this, after this got printed, but after I did some research, this one is a monster removal spell. So Sinister Concoction, one black for an enchantment. It's an uncommon from Shadows of Innistrad. Black, pay a life, put the top card of your library into your graveyard, discard a card, sacrifice Sinister, for sinister Concoction, oh destroy target creature. <laughs> a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. Oh, here we go. Um, fresh off of, we did get a new one here. Um, oh God, okay, so the Young Elephant, would read this card something like 
Good old family recipe for an old family grudge. I don't know what I'm doing. This would be like an old family recipe for an old family grudge. Like more whiny. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. It's it's. No, I, just, I need I need I need you to do it again. You need yeah, to do it it's again. It's high pitch. It's okay. whiny, and it's like you're very can, concerned. When you're you doing your reps in, when you you're doing the in. that thing, it kind of reminded me of Dumbo. So that kind of helped me get locked in as well. Okay. An old family recipe for an old family grudge. <laughs> so you like that? sound like an old time prospector. I, don't, well, I, don't, I mean, I have like four it, voices. It does kind of sound already like an old time prospector. I have like well, four. Let me go pan for gold. I have four voices. All right. I, so leave me alone. But uh, so I have like the other seals in here, which are just like enchantment versions of similar spells. And I had the Seal of Doom, but this is so much better. So literally, yeah. like we just talked about, it's effectively pay a black, pay a life, draw a card, and then put a card that you can play later from your hand into the graveyard. Um, mm -hmm. I also like the fact that it's any target creature, right? So it doesn't, it's not beholden to like non-black, non-artifact, that sort of thing. And this has been one, again, where it's being able to get that loop, continually, continually refilling my graveyard, continually having things to play, being able to know down the line from my hand what I want to get into my graveyard that I don't have the mana to cast. It, it's just bonkers for one mana. Um, over and, and over again. another point is it doesn't say opponent creatures either so we just right, talked about yeah. spring bloom druid it could be something you get this early enough in the game it's like well i got nothing else to do i'll do all this stuff sack the spring bloom druid then play it out of the graveyard with moldrotha and essentially at that p at that time i have put the enchantment in the graveyard a card from my hand in the graveyard the top card of my library in the graveyard <laughs> and a land in the graveyard uh all for the sweet sweet cost of four mana yeah. three for the spring bloom one for that card to activate so, yeah, yeah it's it's I, I can, really good and i really like cards like this and i i get it elephant grass doesn't necessarily fit that but it does to me these cards that when a certain legendary thing it could be planeswalker or commander comes out and it all of a sudden makes all of these cards that which usually would be draft fodder mm -hmm. actually really good effective cards to play or very old antiquated out of date cards it actually makes it legitimate to play so right. uh it's kind of cool that you're able to find this dime card a home and it is so powerful in this moldrotha exactly so it was an easy ad when i found one it the only thing i the only thing i hate about that and i had to go through this with my new mono black to deck is like okay do i really want to pay 10 cents to get the ship to me and then i have to make up 20 dollars so it's like i guess i'll get a fetch land or something um that's only that's the only bitch of that and that's again where it's like oh if only i'd kept my draft fodder but then you have all these piles of cards it's like a no-win situation yep. uh you are in the uh what's that in star trek the, the nexus sh sh shinobi oh um, uh it's not Myers brig what is that oh it's gonna drive me insane Hold on, I gotta figure that out. I, I feel like there's a K in it's there. It's like the... Myru Kenobi. That's so Myra. close. Um, Kobayashi Maru. There it is. Yes, 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 yes. There we go. Yes. Uh, when you deal with very cheap draft fodder, it is like the Kobayashi Maru. There is no good way to do it. Exactly. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we're going to wrap up the uh, hops and now head over to how this deck maybe wins. Not a lot of Maybe, options. No. Big Tuck, you've been talking for a while. You're going to keep talking. Okay. Uh, um, <laughs> what's your first 
game-winning card? I don't know. I have not ever cast this card. I've drawn it once, and I have no idea if it's good, but I was kind of panicking when I was building this, just being like, I have to have something in here that does. I have to have some like big, splashy card in here. And one of the ones that I just happened to have lying around uh, was a shapeshifter. And again, it's a card that is could be good on its face, but again, I have no frame of reference for if it is or not. So, um, but it is big and splashy and dumb, and a progenitor mimic kind of fits that bill for sure. So, four colorless and simic that's green and blue for creature shapeshifter. It's a rare sitting in about a buck eighty four. Sorry, check that mythic rare. I can't tell. Mythic. No, that's just a rare. It's rare. a rare. Okay, a regular rare, rare, regular rare, rare. So, um, it's a zero zero. You may have it enter the battlefield as a copy of any creature on the battlefield, except it has at the beginning of your upkeep. And this creature isn't a token. Create a token that's a copy of this creature. So, like, I have a lot. One of the sub themes in here that I'm considering exploring further is like enter the battlefield effects. And I do have a lot of creatures that have pretty solid enter the battlefield effects. The problem is, is that when this is out, when you get to cast this late game, it usually just dies removal before you can ever come around. Um, and I think, like, again, it's one of those ones where it's like, it's a big dumb beater card that could make more dumb beater cards. But I just have, I have zero data if this is something that is even effective. Um, so it, it's a card that has a pretty, the ceiling's very high on it, but the floor doesn't do much. Right, so it could yeah. be a game that it could be a win on cast, but it could also be something that just dies and then I just lose anyways. I mean, you could really just say this card is space. At one yeah. end, the possibilities are endless. At the other end, it sucks. <laughs> uh, it's a black hole. So, uh, I, I I'm not cutting this card, but I do think to leave it in the deck because you don't really have anything in the deck. That if you made a copy of it, it's like, whoa. Yeah, right, right, right. Game breaking. So I think if you're going to run it in here, you would need to kind of alter your strategy and have it be more Sultai permanence tokens. Right, right, right. Because if you had like a doubling season, a parallel lives, any type of token enablers, hell, the new one. Yeah, there uh, it from is. The Simic deck. There we go. Ooh. Um, just take that, just take that apart and just put all that into there. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of sexy. Um, Wheels it, are a turning. And so I feel like you need something to do with the mimic that is memorable within the deck, and your deck doesn't really have it because any of your memorable stuff through legends, which you wouldn't be able yeah, to exactly. do that. Um, <clears throat> and once again, I'm very anti. Don't put a card in a deck where you're 100 percent banking on what your opponents have right yeah unless that is what your deck's trying to do like my empress galena the deck is whatever its power level is is what your power levels are because right. i'm just going to make my deck your deck exactly your deck's not trying to do that this is just a flavor card in here that is probably more spice than anything to be honest yeah probably because you don't have anything in the deck that's worth really copying um that you would get to keep so just my two cents. I yeah. think Progenitor Mimic is a very fun card, but you probably need more token things sure. in here to make it worthwhile. Yeah, yeah, that, that tracks. All right. Once again, Tuck baited me. He knew I couldn't resist. One of my favorite cards. Uh, I've had it in my Karametra deck since day one. It's an enchantment, oh. green. It's a defense of the heart. 
I love oh, this card. Yeah. I love this it's card. Oh, I love baby. this card. Uh, and I can uh, do this off memory. It's just three colorless green. It's an enchantment. During your upkeep, if an opponent has, I believe it's three or more creatures, mm -hmm. uh, sacrifice Defense of the Heart, go tutor your library for any two creature cards and put them on the battlefield. Shuffle your library. It's so uh, bonkers. Once again, though, like, I mean, I guess in this you go get your one creature for your quote unquote win con and maybe another creature that ETBs and tutors for your other right, like yeah. kind of the other piece of the win con that you need. So I guess it could kind of get you there. I just look at this as as we maybe get this deck a little bit more focused on trying to end the game, not saying turn it into competitive, but actually give it to where, oh, yeah, like. Beating face is a normal thing I do because I got Beastmaster's Ascension and right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you if we could figure out some way to make this thing pop, getting any two creatures you need from the deck. Because let me tell you, I've done this on turn four in my Karametra deck and went and got uh, Avison Angel of Hope and Sigarda Host of Herons and everyone wets themselves. Yes, exactly. Absolutely <laughs> backbreaking. And with Mildrotha, because if someone had three or more creatures, okay, I'm gonna sack it. And by the way, I'm gonna play it again with Mildrotha. Exactly. After I have those two creatures. And uh, most likely someone else probably still has three or more creatures because it doesn't say three or more creatures than you. It's just three or more creatures. Exactly. Right. So it's even so the same person, I could just target them again and go get another two creatures, play it again with Muldrotha. Uh, this card, I will, once again, this is another expensive card coming at a little under 16 bucks that I think is actually worth its yeah. weight in virtual money well and it used to be it used to be way more and i actually cracked one in my mystery booster and that drove the price down oh, a bunch. Nice. so it took me a while it was funny where it's like one of those cards that i cracked and i was like oh this is a card i've wanted for so long right and then it literally sat in my binder for like two months because so i was like i don't know what to do with it <laughs> so yeah i think uh it's not it's not near as backbreaking as it is in a lot of other decks but just the value of going and getting you know whatever creature an acidic slime and you know a costa caterpillar um maybe you don't, don't do that repeatedly card Pardon? Sounds like the perfect grain card. It kind of, it, it kind of is. Um, but again, this is—I don't have that many ways to win, and I'm assuming that this is at least going to help me get there. All right, Tuck. Uh, what is your next yeast card? So this one is also fits the same bill as what we just talked about, but this card's helped me so much. It's a monster that also might be a bit of a frog in your throat. Three, two. One, the Gitrog monster. monster. Three colorless Golgari legendary creature frog horror mythic six six. It's six six. Um, yes, so it has death touch at the beginning of your upkeep. Sack the Gitrog monster unless you sacrifice a land. You may play an additional land on each of your turns whenever one or more lands are put into your graveyard from anywhere. Draw a card. Holy shit, this card is so awesome. <laughs> But I'm confused. How is this a game-winning card and not just a grain value engine? Because card? every time I've played it, this has gotten me to again to get through the win faster. So again, if we're looking at cards, if we're looking at cards that actually win the game and make a difference, every time I played this card in this deck, and I've been trying to find a home for the Gitrog monster for forever, right? I don't want to build a yeah. Gitrog deck, but every time I've played it, it has been the card that has either won me the game or has kept me alive long enough to win the game. And it's because of the value engine that comes from it. But wouldn't you argue like there's lots of cards that have value engines or can get you the card that you need to win the game? Like I wouldn't say a tutor is a yeast game winning card because that gets you your game winning card. And then that would actually be the yeast card. I guess. But in this one, because the options are so limited from being a permanent, this one has more of an impact than it would in most decks that it's running. 
At least that's been my experience with it, right? Where this has been one of the cards whenever I played it, people like wet themselves for some reason, and then I get whatever incremental value that I need to get to the win con. And and again, this is another card where like you can't copy it with Progenitor Mimic, but in this deck, a 6-6 six, six with that touch has like been enough to win me the game off of just that as well, with the stapled value on top of it. Yeah, I, I mainly put it here because I do think it's a it's a great fit in a Moldrotha deck. I don't know if it's I don't think it's a game winner, but I think this card's worth talking about because usually the big negative behind a Gitrog monster being in the ninety nine and not the commander is usually you're not building it like a normal Gitrog deck or Lord because I run this in Lord Windgrace where you have forty eight lands, so the upkeep Saka land isn't a big deal. But exactly. in Moldrotha, I actually think it's great because you can do two things. You can sack the land and then just play it again with Moldrotha if you have no lands in hand. Or the funnier one is just sacrifice the Gitrog monster and then play it and against five. <laughs> and you didn't even have to lose a land if you if you didn't have lands yeah. to play and you couldn't further your board state. Uh, so that's amazing. Um, and whenever the one or more lands are put into your graveyard from anywhere, draw a card. We've talked about you have lots of mill from the top of library, exactly. card from hand, sack a land to go get two basics. So you're going to be getting a lot of card draw. And you're not, obviously not going to see the value you see from a Gitrog led deck, but I would imagine you're going to see a lot of value. Exactly. So that's why I put it in the East. And again, there wasn't that many options. So I kind of cheese just like I did on the theme of the deck. <laughs> Such a cheese. cheese right. the well, my last one is Squee McGee's favorite land. <laughs> Absolute favorite. It's a banger. Uh, it's a chasm. It's glacial chasm. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> so this is a land from Ice Age. It's at $3 and 60 some odd cents. Oh, not bad. This one also has a cumulative upkeep, but this one's two life. When glacial chasm comes into play, sack a land. You cannot attack. All damage dealt to you is reduced to zero. So... I see how this one is a game winner in Moldrotha, mm -hmm. but this one I think is one that you have to play very smart. Correct. Because like we've talked about with the other cumulative upkeep things, it's like, oh, just let it die and then you could play it again with Moldrotha. But every time you play this, you have to sack a land. So it's you have to start figuring out when is it better to pay my life and when is it better to sack a land to be right. able to keep people from doing damage to me? So, yeah, I mean, this could be like one of these like weird things where it's like you're paying your life, but then maybe you want to swing with a creature with lifelink. Then it's like, well, I can't really. So now I got to sack it to go swing and maybe gain some life. But then when I play it back out because I need it, I'm going to have to then lose another land. So it is this tightrope you walk on, yes. which I like. That's very interesting. Uh, but this card does warp games, especially ones that don't live in the red zone. Exactly, and now, like being able to being able to play this early and stave off a huge wave of like a gear deck or something along those lines, and then being able to get that loop like you just talked about, it is tough. Um, and I actually haven't been able to play this card in this deck, so don't have any data for you. But I'm hoping one day, perhaps, I'll be able to tutor it out. Doubtful. Doubtful. Right. Doubt. Uh, Tuck, what is, what is your last? So this is the one of the rigmarole, and there's three different ways we can talk about it, but this is the winning card of it, um, which is Time Stream Navigator. So colorless okay. in the blue for a creature, human pirate wizard. It's a mythic rare. Um, sorry, human. Let me reread that because I was wrong. Creature, human pirate oh wizard, God. Harry. Thank you very much. It's a 1-1 one, one with a send. If you Thank control you. 10 or more permanents, you gain the same blessings for the rest of the game. Two colors, two blue, tap. Put Time Scream Navigator on the bottom of its owner's library. Take an extra turn after this one. Activate this ability only if you have the city's blessing. 
So effectively what this loop looks like is if you can, and I've actually won this way before several times because I've been able to delay the inevitable long enough with all like my lunar forces of the world where you can primal surge, get your entire graveyard, get your entire deck onto the battlefield because it's all permanents. And then um, with the mana rocks that you would have pulled out of your deck from that, you can tap this, attach, it also is fragile because you have to attach the griefs to it. You pay the mana, take an extra turn, loop goes on, make a gazillion progenitor mimic tokens, so on and so forth. So I've actually been able to do that a lot. And as much as I am, I hate these sort of like infinite loops, um, it does end the game, like it's pretty much game over when it happens. And then the big stopping point there is you have to get up to, what is it, 10 mana to cast Primal Surge when I have no access to ramp in the form of instants and sorceries. So that's been, that's kind of the main win con of the deck. I don't have a ton of ways to tutor for it. I don't, don't have a ton of ways to get there. So it's rare when it happens. I think in probably the 10 times I've played this deck, I've done it once or twice. But um, that's sort of the the main loop to win, unfortunately. Yeah, um, I'm it's, not gonna it's, lie. I, it's definitely I, a Rube, a it's definitely a Rube Goldberg machine of sorts. Yeah, I mean, it's. I wouldn't really call it a Rube Goldberg machine because it's not like I do this and do that. Anytime you have Primal Surge, is like I okay. So you do Primal Surge first. It's like okay, this isn't a Rube Goldberg. Yeah, this is just this is just how it works. Yeah, out. yeah, because in theory you could get out your pieces <clears throat> of your Rue Goldberg machine without uh, Primal Surge True. and still be able to do it. This doesn't work without Primal Surge. Correct. So this is just a get everything out of the library. I would honestly say, um, I mean, this just seems so fragile. Oh, it's extremely you fragile. Have to, Cause you have to be able to attack to be able to do the thing. Cause you have to be able to do damage because you don't have any ways in here to like infinitely mill people out yet yet um so but we're still talking about the deck as constructed sure. so the deck as constructed it just seems like a way to say hey i did primal surge all right on well, to the next one that's that's that that's all i got um and maybe sometimes you win but all it takes man oh time tree navigator let me try to put lightning griefs. Uh, Assassin's Trophy. Yeah, exactly. Oh, like, all right, shit, well, here we are. <laughs> but I'd rather, go out, I'd rather go out in a blaze of Time Street Navigator than not have it in the deck. So there you have it. I've also, right, I've also ironically that. never drawn or played it outside of that loop, which is also strange. Hmm. Uh, well, that's going to wrap up yeast. Now we're going to head over to Spice. This will be real quick and short. There's literally three options, and Tuck knows I can't resist a Planeswalker. So. Are you doing it? <laughs> Oh, are you doing it as well? No, I'm not. Oh, okay. Uh, this is actually my OG favorite Planeswalker of all time. Um, I think this card has a home in almost every Demir deck, to be honest, uh, especially in Commander. Um, Ashiok Nightmare Weaver is probably, and, and I, I don't care, y'all can fight me, uh, one of the best Planeswalkers ever printed because it is so versatile. Colorless Demir, blue black, Planeswalker Ashiok Mythic from Theros. And it's cause it comes in with three loyalty and it has three activated abilities. Plus two. Exile the top three cards of target opponent's library. 
I and Tuck and Squeak can speak to this. I run this in my Planeswalker deck, and I have done that plus two to where Ashiok's like at 15 loyalty, <laughs> 19 loyalty, and mm -hmm. I have exiled so many cards, but it's kind of cool because this plays into what Tuck likes to do with the politics because he may choose Squee for the first activation, and then mm -hmm. Squee gets all butthurt, but then uh, Tuck, you know, next turn is like, hey, hey, Squee, it's cool. I'm going to do it to Mr. Combo now. Exactly. And then he doesn't miss Mr. Combo. And, and then he can kind of space it out, or it's like if someone's an arch enemy, like a Forest Day 2 Wong, or a terrifying tyler uh or an mtg lord of leaves because they're all on notice uh, he <laughs> oh, just talk to that one person over and over and say hey table i'm gonna drain them of their library I, i'm not even gonna do the other effects right look i get butt effects. hurt and then takes hurt oh that sounds weird oh that uh, where are you going yeah, i was like gonna say that. where are you I'm, going with this exactly well, no no I, I don't i don't like where that went i'm just gonna go ahead and, and bleep myself <laughs> Redacted uh, minus X is its second ability. <laughs> Put a creature card with converted mana cost X exiled with Ashiok Nightmare Reaver onto the battlefield under your control. It's also a nightmare in addition to its other types. So yeah, you can get incidental creature yep. value out of it, but really it's the plus two that's the rock star and the and the showstopper. Uh, the minus ten's fine. Exile all cards from all opponents' hands or graveyards. Uh, obviously, the hands is interesting if someone has no maximum hand size, but the graveyards, it'd be better just to get the other Ashiok and you right. can just exile everyone's graveyards immediately. But I love this card. I, I, I'm so, I get it. It has nothing to do with your deck at all, but I love it so much. Well, and it's kind of like the, the cycle you want to get in this is you plus two minus X plus two minus X and cast it for three over and over and over again. Right. So that's like the loop that I've gotten into before to be able to be like, well, okay, I exiled something that costs four. I don't care if it dies if you attack it. Now I can just get it going again. Um, and that's why these, that's why most of these low to the ground planeswalkers that only cost three or whatever are so valuable. Um, but yeah, this is definitely a spice in this because there's times where you don't hit anything and then it gets killed immediately. And then I have other stuff to cast to do things with. All right, Tuck. Uh, are you talking about claws? No, I'm, I'm actually going to cut. I'm going to oh, cut wow. claws. Um, Interesting. But no, I'm talking about the bobs, baby. The bobs. So Mishra's Bobble. Not the bubs, but the, the bobs. bobs. Is an all-star in this deck. I swear to God, every time I played it, it has drawn me like five to ten cards. So Mishra's Bobble uh, is... Tuck, before you read it, I'm going to tell a quick 15-second story to the collective because I'm, start I'm starting to tear up thinking about it. Um... I don't know if Tuck remembers this, but I had like 10, 15 Mishra's Bobbles sitting in my junk box. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a trash card worth nothing. I think yep. I gave them all away because I oh, thought no. they were just bulk uncommon. Oh, no. Come to find out, I probably gave away like 15, 20, $30 worth of cards. <laughs> yeah, just no big deal. It's, uh, it's played in something hey, like hey, Legacy. Give it a single tier, a single tier of remembrance. Pour that one out onto the ground. Yeah, pour and, it out. And one out for on. my homies. Just, just cry, just cry out the Look, drugs. So like, it, it's no big deal. I had eight force of wills when I was a child. It's fine. There you it's go. Fine. Everything's uh, fine. So Mistress Bobble is a zero drop artifact. It's an uncommon coming in for about three dollars, and that's low. It used to be like five or eight. Um, and it's tap, sack, look at the top card of target player's library, draw a card at the beginning of the next player's upkeep. Um, let's see what we have here. Oh my god, are you kidding? Do we have... Oh, you did randomize. What'd you get? Arkham is a babbling fool. Phyrexian technology is our greatest blessing. Take this delightful trinket, for instance. Hide our renewed Sorcerer Supreme for the fourth time. 
Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna download a random number generator on my phone so fast <laughs> after this. Um, so yeah, so it, it looks really innocuous, and it pretty much is. But the reason why these zero drops like this Lotus Petal are so good is because you want to be able to do stuff from your graveyard as much as possible. So having these artifacts and enchantments that cost so little will enable you to get their value over and over and over again on subsequent turns. Um, the same argument could be made for the claws, but I'll explain as to why I don't particularly care for it and why it hasn't really worked for me. So again, looking, I have no way to deal with other people's top of library outside of like Ashiok and maybe one other card. So it's mostly just there for a zero drop draw every turn for free. Yeah, but it is good to... You know, know, at least have an idea of what's coming up down the down the yeah, pipe. Like, yeah, you know, people play Sensei's Divining Top. People play Sylvan Library, yeah. Squirrel Rack, uh, Vampiric Tutor. I mean, there's a lot of things that people do with it. Um, and you know, we, we didn't talk about it earlier, but it could be one of those things to where you activate your Alchemist Refuge because someone Vamp Tutor to the top, play Bobble for free. And then it's like, okay, what would you go get? And I'm going to tattletale on you and be the art of the squeal uh, for the table love it love it love it all right so, well, that's gonna wrap up the spice package and now we're gonna head over to the bottle capping and as a reminder these are big texanized cuts and adds to the deck they're gonna be under five dollars under 50 and a no budget recommendation the only restriction is no mana only lands so big tuck your deck as tradition start us off what are you gonna cut for your under five dollar ad? I just I've only we've cut this card so many times and I hate to do it again. Wait, 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 hold on. I didn't see rampaging Bayloss. Oh, great point. <laughs> uh this is a planeswalker, and maybe I'll I don't know. I just so I am gonna cut uh I'm gonna my first cut's gonna be Nissa Steward of Elements. Yeah, me too. So, and, but like, I I played against this on a stream, and this card destroyed us, and I can't remember why. Like, maybe someone made like infinite man or something. I don't remember. But X uh, X colorless uh, green blue. It's legendary planeswalker Nissa that comes with X loyalty counters. Um, I think. Where does it say that? I don't know. It just does. <laughs> so um, plus two, plus two, scry two, zero. Look at the top card library. If it's a land card or a creature card with converted mana cost less than or equal to the number of loyalty counters on Nissa Steward Elements, you may put that card onto the battlefield. Minus six, untapped up to two target lands you control. They become five, five elemental creatures with flying and haste until end of turns. There's still lands. So this like it. And just real quick, just for, for the audience, um, when kind of Tuck was asking about, like, where does it say that? Literally, Wizards just put X in the CMC and X in the loyalty oh, that's counter. Right. So it's just assumed X to X. Yeah. So this is a card that, like, again, on the surface should be a slam dunk, right? It costs two-ish, three really is a minimum. It's got sort of relevant abilities, but I just, every time I've done this, the problem is, is that the creature curve, the ones I want to get out, cost like six. And I'm not gonna dump yeah. eight into a Planeswalker on the chance that I'm gonna hit a creature or maybe a forest, right? Um, it just doesn't seem, and the Scry 2 is fine, but like I think there's more efficient draw spells and, and that sort of thing in the deck too, so. I don't know. I, I just this. I want. To, I want to like this card so much, but I just do not think it works. I'm in the same boat as you. I remember this card getting previewed, and I was like, "Oh man, this is incredible! Oh, this thing is sweet." Yeah, like X could be anything. It could yeah. be a boat. <laughs> it could be a creature. Uh, Who knows? <laughs> and it's just. Especially in Moldrotha, because the whole thing behind Moldrotha with your current build is I'm looking for soul tie value. Yeah. Having to pay, let's just call it seven 
to consistently get enough value from this to work, paying seven for a planeswalker from the graveyard or from your hand, there's better it, seven. It drop should do something, right? Yeah. Yes. Not just maybe it does yeah. something, but all right. I'm glad we both agreed on cutting it. What are you going to add? So this is one that I have lying around, and I think there's actually two cards that come with this that I think are equally valuable. Um, but this card, I think, is going to get to a win con faster. So I think Gerard Golgari Lichlord is a pretty easy sub in for a way to actually start training people out. So um, the problem is double black, double green. Yikes for a rare, a mythic rare legendary creature zombie elf. It's a 2-2. Um, Gerard uh, Lichlord gets plus one, plus one for each creature card in your graveyard. Fits that bill there. Colorless, black, and a green. Sacrifice another creature. Each opponent loses life equal to the sacrifice creature power. Sacrifice the Swamp in a Forest. Return Gerard from your graveyard to your hand. So for me, I just like the idea, and I, this used to be my Golgari deck, and honestly, if I'm going to put him in, I'll probably put Lord of Extinction in as well to do that loop like we've talked about in the past. Um, but I think even then, just being able to sacrifice things deal a bunch of damage potentially you know six five whatever it is and then being able to cast them back out and get that value for the three mana to me seems like it's well worth the value it sucks that he can't sacrifice himself because i could see him getting very large as i continue to fill up the yard but to me this gives me at least an outlet to deal damage and end the game that's not just like brute force attacking with four creatures yeah, um, I, I do agree. It's at least a way that you could win the game, especially with like a glacial chasm in play. Right. You don't have to rely on the red zone. I do like that. Um, second thing, they there's no way they could allow him to sacrifice himself, considering if they did that, it'd be a colorless Golgari, sack himself, he does the damage, but then you could sack a swamp and a forest to bring him now back to your Yeah, exactly. Just keep him. the loop going. It would yeah. kind of be this like loop thing that you couldn't stop. Even the Lord of Extinction's the loop. Yeah, exactly. Um, What's the difference? So that's the second point. Third point, I like where your head is at. I just need you to get bigger creatures or creatures that could potentially be bigger in the deck to make it worth it. Right. I don't think it's worth... When you're doing cuts to a deck that you've had, to me... I don't think it's worth your time to cut cards out to put in maybe even cards that are on par or just a slight bit above. Usually you're looking for like an upgrade. Like you and I sure, have so yeah. many decks. If we're going to take the time to upgrade our decks, we're not looking for a little bit better. We're looking for like, hopefully this makes an impact. True. And just right now with the creatures that you have, I don't see the impact. But if I cut um, if I cut two I like if I cut at. two creatures for this and Lord of Extinction with the other tutors that I have, that's the impact that we could go for. Because that's the win. That's the win. Yeah, that's that's the win here. Being able to get it out easy, way easier than I could even that deck. That's that's what that's where I think I would go with Gerard. I don't think I'd put one in without okay. the other. If you if you know what I mean. All right. Well, like I talked about, I'm cutting the Nissa as well. well. Get out of here. And you know our boy Tuck. He has a fetish for this Planeswalker. <gasps> he already has one copy of her in the deck, but how oh, about another version of her wait. in the deck? Because I think this card is a banger when it comes to a Muldrotha. Is it my... Graska Golgari Queen. Oh, interesting. I think a great card for this. So two colorless Golgari, that's uh, black and green. It's a mythic Vraska Planeswalker, comes in with four loyalty, and it has three effects. Plus two, you may sacrifice another permanent. If you do, you gain one life and draw a card. You're putting stuff to the graveyard, your whole deck is permanent, life gain may not be inconsequential, and you get to draw a card. 
So basically, you paid four, gained a life, and essentially drew two cards, right. one to hand, one to graveyard. Ooh. Minus three, destroy target non-land permanent with CMC three or less. You've talked a lot about how your permanents are CMC three or less. Maybe you want to reuse your other Ashiok uh, uncommon. And it's like, hey, you know what? I'll down tick this thing to blow it up to get it back up to five. Yeah. Kind of keep doing that train. Um, or get rid of a problem permanent um, that your opponents have. Minus nine is actually where I think this is pretty interesting because I think Moldrotha can actually get it there. Right. You get an emblem with whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, that player loses the game. Mm -hmm. We talked about you needed ways to end the game. That's a way that you pretty can easy way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Has yeah, it in the you text. Have, you have flyers. You have ways to, you know, potentially upgrade to do evasion. You right. could throw your rogue's passage in the deck. Still a colorless land that taps for mana. Um, so I think the plus two is really the reason you'd put a Vraska in here. I know it's one more mana than your three, but gaining life, drawing a card, getting rid of a permanent on your board, removal for your opponents. This basically is a grain hops yeast card. All, all in one, yeah. And again, it's a four drop, so it's easy to bring back. Love me some Planeswalkers, especially if you're comparing Planeswalkers to Planeswalker. This gives you like 10 times more value out of it. Love yeah. it. Completely agree. All right, Tuck. What are you going to cut for your $50 ad? So I have three cards of the ones, of my three cuts. One of them actually is going to win me the game. One of them is just a straight upgrade. And one of them is me losing my damn mind. So okay. this is the straight upgrade. So I'm going to cut Rune Scarred Demon, um, which I do have my yeast. And really, listen, I found we can we can do better, right? Um, All right. So Rune Scarred Demon is solid. Five colorless black black for a creature demon. It's a six six flyer. When it enters a battlefield, search your library for a card, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. The litany of the inf oh wait, sorry, what am I doing? Some random voice. That's not gonna work. Uh, so I yeah, you you can't yeah, well, your yeah, own what the voice. what the hell? <laughs> what are we talking about here? Um, oh, okay. I'm not gonna be able to do this one, so I'm just gonna try to go for Who it. Who is it? Uh, Oberon Martell. The litany of the you, you talk no you talk mysterious mysterious okay I don't even know man like like listen like here's a quote that he would okay. be like listen little Lannister God okay I am Oberyn Martell yeah yeah with the Prince of Dawn the rolling the R's okay yeah. the li the the litany of the inferno on his flesh pulses to the beating of his dark heart. Oh, I kind of got Irish there at the end. Yeah, I like that. So, I like that a lot. Thank you. Um, like I said, my brain is not functioning, period. So, um, great card, but it just I think it's just gotten outclassed over the years. The one I'm adding in is fresh off the presses from Kaldheim, um, and it's like $2. So, a Burning Rune Demon. Not Rune Scarred, but Burning Rune. So, four colors, black, black for a creature, demon, berserker, 6-6. Six, six. It's a mythic, mythic, um, mythic with flying. When it enters a battlefield, you may search your library for exactly two cards, not named Burning Rune Demon, that have different names. If you do, reveal those cards. An opponent chooses one of them, put the chosen card into your hand and the other into your graveyard, then shuffle your library. So... For one mana less, you're getting to draw two cards, and the only difference is your opponent knows what it is. But it's not going to matter because I'm getting a card with Rune Scar Demon. It's not going to be something that I'm going to blanket statement just throw out there. I'm probably going to get like a ramp and something else. So the fact that it goes into your graveyard to me is effectively meaningless. But isn't one of your isn't like your win con 
Primal Surge, which is a sorcery. It is. You can't get that back with Moldrop. It is now, but again, I'm not like I'm not tied to that. That's just the way I built the deck. And I'd rather have something like this that would give me value to at least get to the point where I can cast Primal Surge. Because even if I get it with Runescar Demon, I still can't cast it for another three turns. And by then I'm probably gonna yeah, already but be no dead. No one knows what you have. But like, you I could have know. anything. It could it, it, it could be a vehicle. It could be yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have Bomac Cruiser in here, and no one's a wiser. <laughs> so for me, I don't like. I don't really care. And this deck isn't streamlined to the point where I give a shit about what opponents see and what I actually am putting into my graveyard or not. So it, for a minute, and I'm fine with yeah, that. Yeah, for a minute, I, I. Sorry, you and I are on the same page with that. Correct. I I, I don't. I understand your playstyle. You don't care if they know what what you have, and I I'm on board. And I don't like it, but I understand that you like it. The issue I have with this is we've already talked about how your deck doesn't have a lot of ways sure. to win the game, considering you had to kind of like force feed the section to actually have things to talk about. So I think cutting a card because you like you said you don't have a lot of ways to tutor. Right. This card is the only way to tutor your deck for Primal Surge. So, okay, but listen, listen to me here, right? If I cut Primal Surge, then any card that I can tutor for, why not? Like we said, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a flimsy combo at best. Because I, okay, hold on to that thought. My personal recommendation will have you win the game with Primal Surge. Actually win the game, okay. not do this flimsy rigmarole. Okay. But I will say Burning Rune Demon, because I do like to talk about the cards that you, you, you mentioned. Uh, very cool card. I think this is a great option for a Moldrotha deck. Sure. I just don't know if I would cut it, Runescar Demon for it, but definitely you have other stuff in the deck that slam dunk, cut it, let's get this guy out right. there. Uh, because this could be, this could be a lot of fun. Yes. Where, remember um, when that ultimatum came out and it says, go get three yeah. monocolored spells of different names. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll go get Omniscience, I'll go get Expropriate, and then I'll go get, um, I think it was like blatant thievery. Right. Yeah. Like, like which, which which one, one do you goes want? In the graveyard. Which two? Which ones go out onto the battlefield? Or like which ones do I get to cast for free? And it's like, oh, do I get expropriate for free? Great. That's like a terrible option. Oh, omniscience for free? Great. That's a terrible option. <laughs> and so I feel like burning rune demon. If you do it right, it's like, hey, here you go. And they're like, fuck. I yeah. Don't I don't want any. I don't want any of these. <laughs> so yeah, very cool. All right. I talked about it earlier. Now I'm actually going to go into the why. I'm cutting Lunar Force. Okay. To elaborate, it is a mini game. I understand you like mini games, but I think Commander is wide enough that unless you're playing this, honestly, actually, I can't even think of a good time to play it. Like, unless you're playing this, like, within your first three turns, and it's just like you're screwing everyone over on all their, like, soul ring into the signet, into the ramp. Sure. Like, even late game, okay, well, I have 14 mana. I'll pay four of it to burn this insert card or three mana for chromatic lantern okay you countered it now i pay for eight and try to win the game with my game winning card i just i don't think it has a home in constructed singleton formats i could see it you know if it had some sort of play and 60 card because you could have four of them in the deck that's a little bit different i think draft like limited oh man this would be a bang yeah it's really good draft. limited uh, that would just hurt your opponents because a lot of times they can't play multiple spells a turn anyways. So it's like, when do I want to cast something to get rid of this thing? And then, oh wait, he probably has another one in hand. So I think in other formats, it does have a home here. 
I just really don't think it does. It's, it's done. I'm, uh, I I can hear where you're coming from, but I'm telling you, it has done value every time I played it. <laughs> I played it off. Well, I'm telling you, this card is going to be better. Curse Snatcher. No. Uh, <laughs> no, he sounded offended. Uh, what's the other one? Oh. Uh, Drake Tail Hashling. I got you another four mana spell, so I'm not, I'm not trying to increase your curve to a whole t whole bunch. But I got you another Planeswalker. Oh, Liliana Waker of the Dead, I think is amazing for this deck. Oh, the new one. Black Black Legendary Planeswalker Liliana from M21 Mythic. It comes in with four loyalty, plus one. Each player discards a card. Each opponent who can't loses three life. Basically, draw, you draw card, a card yeah. and hurt your opponents. Minus three. Target creature gets minus X, minus X until end of turn, where X is the number of cards in your graveyard. That it's gets pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty I, good. Have to, I have to imagine your graveyard at minimum is going to have 15 to 20 cards in it. So it's basically yeah, kill whatever exactly. you want. But then the minus seven. And once again, I really think a Moldrotha deck with... And, and not trying to make it super friends, but a Modrotha deck that is doing this permanent graveyard thing. Eventually, people are going to get tired of hitting your planeswalkers and be like, we have to kill him. Yes, exactly. So I think you're going to get some ultimates off. <clears throat> so for minus seven, you get an emblem with at the beginning of combat on your turn, put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. Unreal. It gains haste. <laughs> I think I think once again, like the other planeswalker, the Frasca. The plus ability is your grain. The might the, the middle minus ability is, is your hops. It gets rid of permanence uh, with your opponents. And then your minus seven is your game winner. Because I do think if you get the ultimate off, it's like the world is your oyster. I'm now, oh, you had a shieldred? I'll take a shieldred out of your graveyard. Oh, you had this other disgusting thing? Let me get right. that. And you could even combo it to where it's like, hey, I'm going to... Uh, you know, Chupacabra, your creature, and then, oh, Liliana. Yeah, it triggers. I'll get it back. Yeah. And then I'm going to take it. Uh, so I think it could do a lot of creative things for you, but I like the modality that both of these planeswalkers give you to where I think at any point in the game, you don't feel like you drew a dead card. I, I agree with that. Yeah. And like they're both, they both don't cost much money. Um, they both have all the abilities. They're in that four slot. So yeah, I, I, I like all of them. Um, I think that Liliana is a weird one. And I've, I've never seen it play anywhere, even in like de dedicated Liliana decks. So um, I think it would be worth at least, I mean, it is a Planeswalker, right? I'll find a home for it somewhere. If, if, if it's not here, it'll be somewhere else. Yep. All right, Tuck, no budget. What are you gonna cut so you can spend all of your hard earned money? All $5 of it. I'm actually gonna cut Closet Gix. So Closet Gix is a card I really want to work and it never has. So Closet Gix is zero colorless. Um, it's an artifact, uh, it's a uncommon. Pay one, sack a permanent, you gain one life. And there is, of course, flavor text. Ooh, new number. Let's see what we have here. Oh, God. Oh, you don't, you don't have to do it in a voice. It's not a quote. Oh, that's the rule? Yeah, we only do the voices if it's I thought it was just always, and I froze up. I thought it was always just, I thought no matter what, it's flavor text had to be read. It had to be read, okay, well. When the Brotherhood of Gix dug out the cave of Kilios, they found that their master's severed hand. They enshrined it, hoping that one day it would point the way to Phyrexia. So this is a card again. It's a zero drop artifact. You can sack everything that you want to replay it. But here's the thing. 
like this doesn't help you off of a board wipe, right? Like, oh great, I get to sacrifice yeah. my own permanence. There's a there's a run in here when I like Zurin Orb for like the same argument against lands, but the fact that you have to pay one mana and it would be it would be something completely different if it was like pay a mana, sack a permanent, put a two two zombie into play or something like that, right? But like gaining one life just doesn't do you anything. So every time I've played it, it's been cute because like I guess I can always play it for zero, but it just doesn't yeah. do much. So um, totally hear you understand um couple things to point one i think it's hilarious that you can't even run the uh, cave of koilos that they found the hand oh, in because that is that, that is off yeah. color that's kind of hilarious what? uh second thing i feel like and this may sound weird a moldrotha artifact combo deck because I was just thinking about it with like Crack Clan Ironworks, a bunch of these zero drops. Oh, I got you. I got you even better, my friend, because that would work even better with my personal fix. Because if I can't win with this deck, then by God, no can win. I'll win with yours when I cast Mind Slaver over and over oh and over again. Jerk. <laughs> uh, so Mind Slaver is six colorless. For legendary artifact, it's a uh, mythic. Um, four colorless and tap. Sack mind slaver. You control target player during that player's next turn. It's just I couldn't help myself when I was looking through cards to, about repeatable engines. It's just the best. This is one of my favorite cards that's ever been printed. You can get a foil version for three dollars, which I want like ten of because it's the old artwork that's <laughs> terrifying. So why not, right? Like we're just converting this to we're converting this to Sultai artifacts. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, I I can't say why you wouldn't do that in a Maldrotha deck. It's kind of disgusting. It's just it's but. like so it's like when you think about it, it's the same amount of mana that you're paying for like a Primal Surge. And the more we've talked today, the more like I have at least two cards in here, like Time Stream Navigator, Primal Surge, uh, Tygum, Sidisi's Hand is a sort of. That like they're they have no purpose outside of just being Play those cards. Report. Just just Correct. casual plug. So for me, it's like I'm more and more thinking of like to your point, why even have this super frail combo in here when I have no way to recur it and it's so there's so many points of failure. Why not just scrap that and just put in cards that are at least fun and could win me the game, right? And Mindslaver again is not like, you know, an expropriate or or a time warp. But it can get you to the point where if there's only two people left, you can take over that person's turn, you know, kill the next person, they're all tapped out, and then you have your leftover beaters to knock them out, or just like keep looping them over and over and over again in Time Slaver, uh, in Mind Slaver, where they just aren't gaining any value. Yeah, no, that's understandable. Also, uh, when you said that, I just perused your deck list. How the heck do you not have a uh, Eternal Witness in here? Uh, because I have the Acolyte of, of Affliction instead, which for one more mana mills me too, and then I can, the restriction is you can only get a permanent, but that doesn't matter because all my things are permanents. Yeah, but we talked about your fragility with your, uh, Primal Surge, so anyways, that was just something to come out there. But yes, Mind Slaver, great card. Uh, it's, 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 I think that's actually one, isn't that rated as one of the saltiest cards on EDH? Right oh, for now? sure, it's incredible. I Easily. I, think I love it. it. Yeah, whenever you start controlling other people's turns, people get real pissed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the people that, yeah, that, that tends to make people upset. The people that get pissed about that are the same people that like play like mass land destruction and don't get pissed when other people get upset Look, with them. Big Tuck, if if somebody mind slavered your turn, 
You'd have a blowout too. No, I think it's hysterical because I've run this card so many times in my Doretti deck and won with it so many times. It's incredible. I know, but you still have a blowout. You had a couple drinks and you were about to do your thing. Couple, and then couple, couple of glasses they, of They took your thing and you kick a cane into Mr. Compost TV. It happens. A couple, happens, couple right? of glasses of loudmouth soup, notwithstanding. <laughs> loudmouth soup. All right. Well, um,. The card that I'm going to do for the personal, it, it actually makes your Primal Surge thing work. Um, it gives you an alternate option. So I'm actually going to cut a land that I don't... I, I understand the value in Mildrotha, but I, I really I actually just don't like it. Uh, Cephaloid Coliseum. What? Or Cephalid Coliseum. So it's, it's a land uh, for like seven bucks. Um, you can tap it to add a blue to your mana pool, but then that deals a damage to you. So, like, cool. Uh, the better part of it is it has thresholds. So if you have seven more cards in your graveyard, you can activate it. Uh, pay a blue, tap, sacrifice the Coliseum. Target player draws three cards and then discards three cards from his or her hand. I get it. It's like you're drawing six. Whatever. I... I'm not here for it. I'm not here for it. What, now, okay, what now, I okay. I can. I understand that you may not like that. But what if I told you that I could order a gold board version of it to put into the deck? I may just quit tonight. <laughs> we finally did it. He's done. All right, episode so one hundred ninety-seven thousand. We we finally got him to quit. Um. I did feel bad about making this my personal recommendation because I feel like this is anti what Tuck is, but then he did Mind Slaver for his, so I don't feel so bad anymore. Uh, clearly, he's a degenerate. Uh, he just needs needs to realize it one day. So Jace, Wielder of Mysteries, might as well just oh, have it in your yeah. hand. Uh, colorless, triple blue, Planeswalker Jace. It's a rare from uh, War. Comes out of four loyalty. It has two activated and a static. One activated is plus one. Target player puts the top two cards of their library into the graveyard. Draw a card. You could use that for you. Once yeah. again, that's a grain. That's th essentially three card draws. Um, minus eight, draw seven. Then if you ha your library has no cards in it, you win the game. Um, don't think that's going to be something... The win the game part on that, I don't think it's going to be relevant. Um, but also, yeah. like we've talked about with your planeswalkers, it could be something Tuck that. Oh, it's an eight. All right. Well, I still got like you know fifty cards left on my library for the static effect. I'll minus it, kill it, draw yeah. seven cards, and then play it again from the graveyard for four. Seems good. But as I talked about, guys, with Primal Surge, uh, its static ability is if you would draw a card while your library has no cards in it, you win the game instead. This immediately wins you the game on the spot once Primal Sur Surge resolves. I do this in my god deck. But I think for you, Tuck, you're different than me with my god deck. And what I mean by that, even though it's the same combo, quote unquote, what makes it different is Jace does nothing in my god deck. At right, all. yeah. Just absolute trash. At least with this, that plus one, that's very good for you very much like the other ones where it's like make you can target a player to discard and then you draw mm -hmm. but it's like even with the ashiok you have in your deck where target player puts top four of their library into the graveyard and then exile your opponents like you can still do that to yourself right which you do and so i think the plus one you would target yourself once again keeping you at four we're not super increasing the cmc and i think this accomplishes what that land does but better right yeah I can see that and not like I don't have the data off top of mind of like what my data like what my land drops have looked like and that sort of thing. 
So, yeah, I agree. I think that it's like another, you could also like sub in like Thassa's Oracle of sorts into the same sort of slot. This one's obviously better. But the, yeah, like I said, the more and more I think about it, and this is a good pick, I just think you've convinced me to like, I think just take out the Primal Surge combo. Or at least maybe leave the leave it in, but take out Time Stream Navigator, or like try to work around it so it's not so complex. Like if you wanted to replace J like Time Stream Navigator with Jace, okay. Yeah. But more what I was trying to get at is if you know uh, Time Stream have already been sent to the graveyard and exiled. You know this gives you a way for Primal Surge to do more than just Primal Surge, Time Stream Navigator, yeah. Lightning Cream. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. To, to like take infinite turns that still doesn't maybe even win you the game because we've played against people that have tons of uh, oh you got to pay like 14 for each creature to attack me mm. like you'll never be able to get through something like that so at least with jace as soon as it hits you win the game unless someone has a instant speed planeswalker removal to be able to kill it right which is where you know in my deck i have grand abolisher to stop that right, yeah. and i'm sure there's probably some way that you could do that in this deck in these colors you know stuff can only be cast during your turn or whatever mm -hmm. Um, but I do think Jace Wilder of Mysteries like would get you there. And also getting us there is the end of the episode. And as promised, here's <laughs> some details about that giveaway from level one. We're giving away a Strixhaven bundle, CMD Tower playmat, and sleeves all from level one. To enter, it's super simple. Just promote the content that we produce, audio and video and website. You get an entry for every share, uh, follow, all of that stuff that you do with us. Uh, we will announce the winner on MTG Action for News on May the 4th Be With You Ooh. and social media uh, soon after. <laughs> and yes, these giveaways will happen every month as long as you guys support Level 1 and support CMD Tower because uh, that's all it takes. We just want a little bit of love. Just a love. Just, 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 just a, a taste. Bit, just a taste. Just a taste. Just a taste. But we would love a five-star review. If you aren't following us right now, hit the subscribe button, whether you're on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, whatever. Um... And, you know, leave a comment, you know, uh, we like them, we read them. I get notifications when people comment on the on the podcast platforms. And uh, when you do that, it helps us grow and find more people to absorb into the collective. But if you'd like to reach out to us and find out more ways to enter into the contest, here's how you can do that. You can reach me at Mr. Combo number five on Twitter, all spelled out except for the five. Big Tuck with uh, your hiatus with you now being in a strange city and potentially not being able to drive your car for the next 30 days where could people get a hold of you well i still have not put my money where my mouth is and i still don't have my twitter reactivated on my phone but you can reach me there at big tuck tweeting although i did just retweet something that scott sent me today or rather scooty shuffles so that was a bit that was a big that was some big moves and i've noticed it's gotten not one but two likes whoa <laughs> Look at uh, you. Let me guess. Uh, check the slice, Spencer Rabbit. Uh, I believe it was Kitchen Table Commander and uh, Jester Vest. Oh, hey, there hey, you go. Look, look. After you got the one, that's a hundred percent increase See? to two. That's what I'm talking about. You can reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. Uh, you, we also have a website where the deck list and article will be posted by Big Tuck uh, today at cmdtower.com slash bnbe87. Basically, just type in Caustic Caterpillar Mystic Remora Duplicate Tower. Speed McGee, if people want to get a hold of your Manolith commentary and all the audio stuff that you do, how would they do that? It's, uh, it's pretty simple. It's a couple of digits you have to type in. There's an at symbol. There's, there's 
a normal ending to it. It, it happens to, to be cmdtower.com. It's dear squee at cmdtower.com. Go ahead and shoot me an email. <laughs> Happy to get back to you. If you need anything audio related, video related, just if you wanna if you wanna relate, just just say hi. How's it going? Email me. I'm here. How's he can do going? all your audio needs and does have a full studio if you ever are in the KC metro area and are vaccined because vaccine cards are required. Glitter around your navel area optional. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like STDs are just like, they just got a free pass this year. Everybody's like, oh, you got COVID? No. And they'll be like, ah, but I, I, I totally have chlamydia. I did, so just I, did, I did hear a very funny take on that where someone's like treating it like STDs. Or it's like, no, this is a fancy place. There's no COVID here. Like we had, it was a nice hotel room that we had sex in. It's just herpes and chlamydia. That's all we got. It's all we got. <laughs> god uh he does have a full studio and audio yeah all i'm just lost my train of thought <laughs> anyways if you guys want to hook up our sponsor with the orders you're already doing head over to level when you place an order in the order notes just type in cmd tower so they know that you came from the collective they do sell uh, a bunch of our swag they do sell a lot of their own stuff uh they will be selling c21 pre-cons which i believe comes out today i believe if timing's correct or we're off by yeah. one of the two uh, so definitely go support them so they can continue giving you guys free shite. Uh, but if you would actually like to give us money and help us out as we grow, as we want to improve the content, as we eventually want to start, and I know made a new resolution and I need to have it figured out now, but stuff, life, um, start doing gameplay videos, Ooh, right. uh, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash CMD tower, four different tiers as you heard in the beginning, Given a couple awesome supporter shout outs to you getting your own CMD Tower playmat and sleeves. Plus, once we hit our 50 patron goal, we're going to start having one of the collective on Bruise and Builds every single month. We'll send you a pair of headphones. We'll send you a microphone. We'll send you your recording laptop. Uh, that way you can have a high quality recording experience. But... If you guys can't do a monthly commitment, but you would like to actually pick up some of that swag that maybe you see on a Mr. Bevers Twitch stream, maybe an MTG Alexicon, or maybe even a game night. (gasps) Just kidding. They're too scared to play us. Uh, You should have cmdtower.com slash merch. I needed one of those. I needed one of those. Spin a bit. Do sell everything on there. Um, Yeah, just please go buy it. Uh, It's great. Uh, It's high quality (laughs) stuff, and and it really does help us. I am begging you. Plus... Not relating. We have a referral program. So if you're an existing patron, an existing member of the collective, and you're out there praising the good word of Squee, the the oh, righteous the good word of Squee. I need to the, work the on that book. I like that. I like the sound of that. And the um I don't know, slurring of Mr. Combo. <laughs> and you get someone to actually come in and join the collective as a longstanding member. Uh, just have them shoot us a message on Patreon when Ooh, they sign you, up and just give them your name and we'll send you free stuff. You could be the cacophony of Combo. Ooh. That sounds That nasty. sounds good. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? Uh, and of course, guys, thank you again to Pink Royal for the music provided in the episode and Tea Coats. I will drink one for you. I'm not going to pour it out. That's a waste of alcohol uh, tonight as you're our awesome video editor. And we could not. I know we could do it without you. It would just look like PowerPoint and consume my life. So thank you.
Uh, so Big Tuck, <laughs> we're at the end. You took a couple week hiatus. Moldrotha's buggy yard. How do you feel? Do you th do you feel like we actually have a way to win games now, opposed to just outvalue and make people want to quit? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I I need to take a long, hard look in the mirror at this deck and just kind of realize like what its true identity is, right? And um, if it's going to be the dedicated primal surge rigmaroles, then I really need to go in on that more, um, or just take it out. So yeah, I think there's I think putting in those planeswalkers. Putting in a couple other things that we talked about today is really going to help it not only be even smoother, but also actually have a way to end the game. Yeah, the, the way I think about it, Tuck, the more you talk about cutting Primal Surge, which, I mean, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. If you cut Primal Surge, I think you go away from the all-permanent thing. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no reason to do that if you're cutting it. Like, there's no reason to have all-permanents if you're cutting Primal Surge. Sure. Because there's just, like, literally no benefit outside of the fact of, oh, if I mill, like, kind of in my Gisa and Geralt deck, where it's like, shit, I yeah. milled a non-zombie, I'm not going to my back. Yeah. But that's also few and far between if you're a good deck builder, which I am not. <laughs> um, but if you want to keep that all-permanents thing, I think you have to keep the Primal Surge in, because that's, like, the only thing... I think that's the only card I know of that really cares about all that permanents. much yeah um and you know and, and i think you just find not necessarily lots of ways to tutor it and be able to get it because i don't even do that in my god deck i think you just say okay what are the two lines or maybe three that i could win with primal surge you know mm -hmm. boom it resolves and if this piece didn't get exiled and this piece didn't i could win um and then once you have those like five or six cards then I think you build your 94, 95 card deck. Right, right, right. And, okay, well, now I could kind of do whatever the exactly. hell I want to because I got the thing. It's here. What do I want the rest of this to look like? Sure. Is it ETB tribal, which I think is a very strong one. I do that in Kirador. Yeah. Um, You know, do you go with, like, this weird, I don't know, like, tribal theme within it? Like, you can make it real weird if you're trying to do it, but I think if you're trying to make it a good deck... I think you just need to collapse some of your grain and hops mm. and get a little bit more yeast and spice so you actually have direction opposed to well we're gonna we're in for an hour 45 minute grind yeah adventure. grind for sure no that tracks and like again i think etb is, is an option i think gerard uh big creatures is an option i think like landfall lands matter is also an option too so a lot of different ways to approach it. Um, so I got some I got some thinkings to do on it for sure. All right. Well, guys, as uh, Squee and Tuck mentioned earlier, whiz you later. <laughs> Harry. I quit. <laughs>